Hello, I'm Michael Heyman, and you're listening to Changemakers, the podcast from Seven Hills, where we welcome inspirational people with a passion to make a difference. My guest today is someone for whom doing the right thing is a lifelong mission, and a sense of adventure is a family tradition. Maurice Ostro is an entrepreneur and philanthropist who has worked around the world and campaigned on issues including interfaith relations and conflict resolution. Today, he chairs the new Business Action Council, which brings together the major business groups to kickstart the economy in the COVID-19 fight back. And fight back was something Maurice's father, Max, also knew a lot about. Described as the Jewish Indiana Jones, he escaped the Nazis, survived the Holocaust and became a swashbuckling global gem hunter, renowned for mining the world's largest cut blue topaz. Well, Maurice, welcome to Changemakers. And of course, the great Indiana Jones once commented, it's not the years, it's the mileage. What a journey. Tell us a little bit about yours. What a great family story. Well, you're absolutely right for starting before me, because frankly, a lot of these things are nature as well as nurture. And certainly from my father, whether it was inherently his desire for survival or um, later on his generosity and philanthropy that was innate or something that he learned as as a kid, but one way or another, he, he survived against all odds and always left us as his children with a very clear vision as to how and what we should be doing with our lives. Not the specifics of what careers we would do, but the intent to always dive in and ensure that we were really grabbing opportunities, whether they be business opportunities or creative opportunities, philanthropic opportunities, and always giving back, always ensuring that, yes, our survival is important and we have to do what is necessary to ensure that for ourselves, for our families. But beyond that, it's doing it with a sense of purpose, with a sense of morality. I mean, what a story his was in terms of giving you those values from jumping off trains to escape war-torn Poland to actually um, sort of traveling up the Amazon and sort of like having to avoid piranhas to find this incredible um, blue topaz, which, which I saw a photograph of over the weekend. I mean, just just describe it for us in terms of it was something literally like you could have seen on Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's certainly a remarkable stone. And um, were it not for the COVID lockdown, six million plus visitors a year get an opportunity to see it in the Natural History Museum, uh, which is a fantastic thing, because like a lot of these things, it's lovely to have possessions. It's lovely to have things. And that one particularly had a significance because uh, one being the most significant of its kind by itself is is, is something special. But more importantly to us, it's significant of my father. It was, you know, he loved going out there and doing what was really difficult and going to places where where others feared to tread. And he was um, an adventurer, as you say, and he went out there. And I think a lot of what's guided me in my life is not being scared to try new things, to go to new places. And in a sense, that's what all entrepreneurs do this is our it's in our dna somehow as i say you're not debating how how one gets to it whether it's something that you can learn or you you know you you just have it innately but one way or another you just kind of feel you want to try new things be it creative business and in the philanthropy that i do it's much the same yes writing a check for an organization is is lovely and it has a degree of fulfillment that comes with it 
but nothing more so than creating something new that uh, others perhaps haven't developed for many reasons. Maybe they haven't thought of it, or even if they have, they weren't sure it was the right thing. And uh, not being afraid of failure, understanding that that's part of life and embracing it. Well, I mean, and in that that spirit of innovation, you founded Entrepreneurial Giving in 2017 as a new way of actually bringing early stage entrepreneurs into the philanthropic journey. Tell, tell us just a, briefly about that initiative. Well, partly it was to ensure that philanthropy can't just come from people who have kind of made money at the tail end of their lives and think, oh, you know, how do I give back at this stage? But rather... More importantly, with the mindset of the the, the generation that are, that are now coming, not perhaps my generation or before, but certainly the newer generations, there's the excitement of being involved in good things all the way along, not just waiting till, as I say, you reach a certain point in your life where you feel, okay, now I've made some money, I'll, I'll think about other people. Because it's really about embedding that sense of purpose, that sense of mission right into the very DNA of your organization. And, and that's a shift. That's a mind shift. That's not the way people used to think. Uh, philanthropy came usually, at, uh, as I say, at a different juncture in, a, in the stage of a business or a person's life. And that was not, but it's not just about helping them to be more purposeful, but also it was going to help them be more successful because we all know today that you are far more likely to succeed if your message resonates positively and strongly with consumers, with people who you would want to hire, the very best caliber people. And all of those lessons, that was really behind this journey. And it still continues today. The government are looking at peer-to-peer networks. How do we bring people together? Entrepreneurial giving was very much about that, bringing people together in groups and also providing connectivity with mentors and, and so mm. forth. I mean, you spoke about um, the role of government there and also about finding your mission. Well, I think that brings us right up to date because your mission right now is the new Business Action Council, which is looking to find consensus among issues in in the fight back against COVID-19. Bring us up to date in terms of what that group is doing and where things are going from here. So with this group, BAC, back, we want to go back to business, not necessarily back to business as it was, perhaps back to a new uh, normal for business, which does embed a lot of the things that we were just touching on, um, ensuring that we're taking care of the environment, taking care of people, and making sure that our businesses have purpose have mission very strongly embedded. And I think it's it's not an unreasonable ask for a um, government who's provided a huge amount of financial support to expect some payback. And I'm not talking about the financial payback. I'm talking about payback for society because this is this money is taxpayers' money. So if you're getting the support of people outside, I think they can expect um, a degree of uh, thought and care and and su- support from the organizations or the companies that have benefited from the, this support and the idea around back around getting this council together of the leading business organizations that represent the majority of business in this country these organizations who have often had their own degree of competition between them, 
have come together for the greater good. They've recognized now that in a time of crisis like we have, we can't just you know, do our own thing. We have to collaborate. We have to come together because we don't have time. Every day that we are um, delaying the economy, getting back into full swing, is a day that other that businesses are failing and the people who work in those businesses are losing their jobs this is a an issue of um of fundamental importance and urgency and we can't just put it onto government it's very easy to say oh your know, government should do this government should do that we all have to take responsibility and it's the business organizations and the members that they represent who are standing up to this call and they're saying, okay, we get it. Yes, we may want to give advice to government here and there, policy recommendations, et cetera, but we're also going to muck in. We're, we're also going to come up with a, and have conversations, debates, discussions among ourselves, trying to find consensus in order to assist in this process rather than just waiting for a magic answer from above. I mean, I mean, you've, you've spoken there about businesses stepping up, about taking some control, I guess, in terms of the, the, what, the what happens next. I mean, a lot of people are tipping this as the worst sort of period of business since, since 1706. I mean, I don't, I don't know what business was like in 1706 myself, but I mean, in terms of, in terms of conditions they were on the ground, th these are tough and testing times. What happens next in your view in terms of, how business goes forward in an environment where it is just so tough? What, what's the character it needs to display? Resilience, <laughs> that's the certainty. Um, but also, you can be resilient in the wrong business, and it doesn't really help you. Um, there will be changes. The economics of tomorrow, the business landscape of the future, is not going to mimic that of last year. It's going to change. And there are those who will embrace that change, whose business models are in tune with the values that consumers will want to see in businesses that supply them, who will look at the products and services that you are offering and say, yeah, that's for me. I like I like the I like what they're offering. I like the people what they're doing. And I think people will look back at this particular crisis and say, you know, what did you do? You know, how did you deal with with your staff, with your consumers, and so forth? And I think a lot of that it is those companies um, who will rise to that challenge, find new innovative ways of pivoting their business that will succeed. But I think they they will also, and, and I'm not, there's no cast iron guarantee with anything, but there's a feeling growing that the conversations around purpose, around mission that we talked about earlier, that were in discussions and mooted and perhaps debated occasionally here and there in business in the past years, that will ramp up. That will ramp up. I mean, I mean, I, I read something um, that uh, a, a good way of um, a good coping strategy, if you will, for the for the period we're living through is to think about how will your older self look back on the you of 2020 and judge how you behaved and what you did 
What's, what's the older, older Maurice Ostro going to think back to in terms of the, the year 2020, do you think, in terms of what you're doing? I hope um, that what I will remember well past the pain that we've all suffered in our businesses is to remember how people came together with a spirit of collaboration, how we within the business, how perhaps even looking just at myself and say, you know, what was I doing? Was I doing everything that I could possibly do? to help those around me, to help society. So, you know, we're looking at trying uh, to, to give some consensus to government from business of the key things to help us move forward in a new normal. What, what does it look like? And it isn't, by the way, just about COVID because COVID has hit us today, but who knows what will happen mm. in a year, two and three. So what are the things that we do need to deal with, even if we had a miraculous um, uh, cure today for COVID-19, we'd still have to prepare for some future potential epidemic. And the things we're talking about, social distancing, very difficult for a lot of businesses. But what can you do to mitigate, you know, the, the hygiene issues, the um, face covering? So we started a whole campaign with... I, I saw that. Amazing. I mean, th this is on the, uh, the whole uh, Florence Nightingale idea, wasn't it? We're tapping into a, a few different things to try to get the message across. And we've now got musicians and artists and celebrities and people from the business community, from the medical community, the science community, all coming together, putting on face coverings. And I understand nobody wants us to legislate for all of these things. But in Hong Kong, they don't legislate for it. But 99.5% of the population wear face coverings to protect one another. So Personal responsibility, not so, legislation. So, so just to fill on the dots on that, that's with the uh, British-Israeli artist Ron Arad. It's an initiative celebrating Florence Nightingale using face masks, which I, I guess brings us on to the idea of multiculturalism, faith issues, things that I think you've spent a lot of your 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 life working on. I mean, before we get into the um, into the actual details of that, I suppose the question that um, I think. COVID-19 presents is the degree to which we will be a kinder or a more selfish world as, as, a, as a result. There's plenty of evidence to suggest both sort of, um, you know, both journeys are possible here. What gives you the faith, the belief that actually we can emerge out of this better, kinder um, in terms of the way we approach that future, which I think is everything you've been saying up to now? So I suppose entrepreneurs and people of faith communities have a commonality, which is a, a person of faith, you know, believes in some divine being coming there and you know, having a big plan and hopefully will we'll be there to support you. Entrepreneurs have a lot of self-belief. They believe that they can sort, the, you know, the, 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 whatever the issues are that are thrown at them. But whatever your beliefs are, and, and, and for those of all beliefs and none, we are able to make change but it is about action you need to get up and do it and and you have to get whether it's the business community under the, the this this council back or we set up this group called faiths united sounds a bit like a football team i know but we we do we have we have people from all nine faiths across the four nations in the united kingdom all coming together saying, how can we help one another? And some of them are, and these are, these are action oriented. This is not talk shops. This is just what 
physical things can we do to help one another? So wearing, we were just talking about face coverings. Wearing face coverings is something that we can all do. It's, and whether it comes from faith communities or business, it doesn't matter. Yeah, but I'm just thinking, I mean, just if, if we talk about the, the things we've been talking about during this interview, entrepreneurship and enterprise, combating COVID-19, bringing the faiths together. I mean, these are, uh, these are, these are not easy goals to address, Maurice. I mean, I, I guess, is there something about the big challenge that gets you up in the morning in terms of, I mean, just on the work of bringing all the major faith groups together? I mean, I mean presumably that's a, that's a lot easier said than done. So there are always a lot of challenges in life. And I suppose, as I say, going back to what are the commonalities that drive people who achieve a lot in their lives? Is, uh, lives a lot of it is about belief, whether it's belief in some greater being who will sort things out or belief in yourself that you can prevail through whatever um, is being – all the challenges that are coming – I, I don't know, but ultimately you do have to have a strong sense of belief. And w- whether it's, as I say, a b- translated into a business um, or a philanthropy or, or in any sort of social action, you have to feel that you can make a difference. Because, of course, people who don't give up, right? They don't try. Why, what's the point of trying if you don't believe it'll succeed, right? That, that's futile. So you have to have a strong sense of of belief and whether it's in yourself your abilities or as i say in something much more universal and presumably that belief is also about optimism it's about kindness and caring i mean you, you founded the fair share foundation um as a as a sort of i guess a proactive vehicle to help to help with that but is it also about confidence i mean do you have to have a as well as belief do you have to have a confidence that things can get better I think the belief and confidence are, 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 are hugely interlinked. Um, if you don't believe that you can achieve something, whether because you don't have enough confidence in yourself or you don't think that the particular hurdle is surmountable, you're not going to be able to do it. It's like a salesperson. To be a good salesman, you have to really believe in your product. Um, and, and it's the same with anything. You, you you look at the challenge and you say, you know, can I do it? Can I make a difference? And the answer is uh, for people of faith and for um, people in who are entrepreneurs who have been successful, they have an incredible innate belief in themselves, you want to call it confidence, maybe sometimes even arrogance. But that's what enables them, it puts it enables them to drive forward to be resilient. And you were asking what's the new normal? Businesses are the same. If mm. businesses don't think they can surmount whatever they're going through at the moment, then by definition it's self-fulfilling prophecy. They won't. But in terms of like what what should make people feel confident about a future today which which looks quite bleak which you know if you look at um, many of the indicators both from you know we're, we're at the high point of this disease around who knows what the high point is but certainly the high point to date in terms of the amount of cases of of COVID-19 around the world the worry about the economic consequences in terms of the belief the confidence the optimism about the next steps what drives it for you what fuels your sense of that better tomorrow and I suppose it goes back to your introductory words. When you have somebody, as, as I did, a role model, 
who, you know, jumped off a speeding train at night with Nazi sharpshooters above the train and survived, and then found through multiple hurdles ways to surmount them, including burying himself in the ground in, in, in his, what he called his living grave for weeks and weeks. That's, that sense of, you know, I will overcome has embedded itself in myself, but people don't need that kind of ridiculous um, tragedy and and uh, uh, the, those immense hurdles that he went through to find in themselves that strength. And for me, it's always been, I can get through this. I, I know I can, and I want, but I want to do it right. I want to get through it doing it the right way. It isn't just about achieving a particular goal, but about doing it in the right way and helping people along the way. Because it's if we all did that, we would indeed find a, a very much more um, effective way of working. Because if you start thinking about other people and collaborating, you can achieve so much more. Thank you to my guest, Maurice Ostre, there with a very strong message about perseverance. I will overcome. And not only that, I'm going to do it the right way. If that's not lessons of an activist mentality, I don't know what is. And that's it for another episode of The Changemakers. You can find all of our episodes and they're available now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Audio Boom. Subscribe now. And if you've enjoyed it, why not give us a rating? See you on the next show.